You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back to Murder Speaks. So today's real crime story is about 39-year-old Linda Jensen of Big Lake, Minnesota. She had two kids and was an avid jogger. At the age of 18, Linda marries her high school sweetheart, Charlie Jensen. They end up getting divorced after seven years, but they never lose contact with each other. Linda goes on to become a dental hygienist and starts a relationship with Robert Beard. They have a child together, a boy named Joseph. Linda ends up going back to Charlie, and they have a baby girl named Lisa. February 24th, 1992. Charlie leaves for work around 6.45 a.m. He tries to reach her all day. He called home three times between 9.30 a.m. and noon. But Linda never answered the phone or responded to any of the messages Charlie left. So Charlie comes home a little after 4 p.m. Joseph is sitting at the dining room table. Lisa is in the playpen crying, and she's still in her pajamas, which is weird because normally Linda gets her dressed. So Charlie picks up the baby and goes to the master bedroom to look for Linda, and he noticed the bed was stripped. Then he found Linda lying naked on the floor alongside the bed. She was covered in a comforter and she had a knife protruding from her chest. She was stabbed in the chest several times. Charlie calls 911. Investigators found no sign of forced entry. She was stabbed with a knife from her house. She was beaten and raped in the vagina and anally. She was strangled and stabbed several times in the chest. The police talked to neighbors, but nobody saw or heard anything. The autopsy report confirmed she was raped. They found sperm cells in her vaginal canal. Cause of death was multiple traumatic injuries. She was already dead before she was stabbed. Time of death was between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Investigators gave her husband, Charlie, a lie detector test, and they realized he had nothing to do with Linda's murder. Investigators also interviewed the local postal carrier. Apparently, she arrived at Linda's house around 11.30 a.m., and she saw a man driving out of the driveway. She said the man was in his late 30s or 40s and was unkept. He had scraggly long brown hair and a white flecked beard. Apparently, he acted weird. She said it looked like the man had scratch marks on his face. She worked with investigators to create a composite sketch, and it was circulated through the media. But the case went cold. Eight years later, a woman named Angela Hennen called the Sherburne County Sheriff's Department. Apparently, she and Kent had an affair before 1992, and they were still in contact with each other in 1992. Kent is married with four children. 
He lived approximately one half mile away from Linda's house, so they knew each other. She tells police that she mentioned Linda's murder and assault to Kent, and he got angry. Afterwards, he admitted to Angela that Linda used to jog past his house, and they would chat. When police interviewed him, he denied knowing Linda. But then he recalled that she was at his house once to discuss Cub Scout activities for her son. They asked him if he had an affair with Linda, and he got angry. They asked him for a DNA sample, but he refused. So investigators returned with a warrant and got a DNA sample from Kent. And it was a match. Kent Jones was arrested and charged with Linda's murder. He was convicted of domestic abuse in 1995 and insurance fraud in 1996. Kent suggested that Robert Beard could have killed Linda because he was her ex-boyfriend. Kent tells police that Robert Beard was violent. Investigators take a DNA sample from Robert Beard, and it's not a match. Kent also introduces evidence about Richard Christie. He belonged to the same health club as Linda. They took a DNA sample from Richard, but it wasn't a match to the DNA found at the crime scene. The medical examiner testified that in his opinion, Linda was killed during the course of a sexual assault. Apparently, she had seminal fluid deposited in her body at the time of her death. But he couldn't rule out the fact that the seminal fluid could have been deposited 12 to 24 hours before she died. However, he said that it was most likely closer to the time of death based on the condition of the sperm. Kent was charged with first-degree murder while committing sexual conduct and sentenced to life in prison. This guy, Kent Jones, is a monster. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He was her neighbor. They knew each other. He acted really nice. She would go jogging and she would stop and they would chat. And he came to her house and he killed her. What a monster. Investigators speculate what might have happened. Kent might have gone to her house. And of course, naturally, she knew him and trusted him. So she let him in. And he probably forced himself on her. And when she refused, he knocked her unconscious, raped her, and then killed her and left her for dead. And he did all of this in front of a baby. What a monster. Well, thanks for joining me on this week's Real Crime Story. If you like it, please share it. Sharing is caring. And if you are a true crime addict like me, check out my store at crystalkiss.com. That's crystal with a K for some murder merch. Start killing it with Crystal Kiss murder merch. Check out my YouTube channel, Crystal Kiss, for more real crime stories. Join me again on Murder Speaks. Thanks for listening. Bye.